Heels off the top. Larkham. Herbert smashes through the middle. Regan. Drop goal from Larkham. Up it goes. Could you believe it? Larkham has to be a beer. Welcome to the Green and Gold Rugby Podcast. We are the podcast that's getting you over the gain line on all of the hottest topics in Australian rugby. My name's Hugh Cavill. I'm joined tonight by Matt and Nick. You know who they are. We're not even going to do intros. We're going to get straight into it because we've, we're done with the small talk. We're going to get right into discussion. <laughs> and the questions tonight. One, what can Australian rugby learn from the cricket scandal? Question two, should we be disappointed with the Reds' loss? Question three, what would be an acceptable win number against all Kiwi Super Rugby sides this year? Number four, who is Simon Cron and where did he come from? And question five, what are our predictions for round seven? And we're going to get straight into it. We've been, Australia's been tearing itself apart, talking about ball tampering, talking about cricket, and we're not going to go particularly into the ins and outs of that. Uh, the Green and Gold Rugby Cricket Podcast obviously covers covers that at length with um, its range of uh, past legends and current players. But we're going to get what into the lessons for Australian rugby, Matt. Um, can Australian rugby learn anything from this? And, and uh, if so, what what is it? Well, I'm not sure how you do in rugby because can you have cheating in rugby like you do in cricket? Like, um, I mean, you know, if you did, like, imagine the hoo-ha over Richie McCaw for a, a good 15 years. Um, so, like, I, I, you know, what can you do in rugby? I mean, you know, what's, what's, how do you cheat that, it, that, that people don't already do, like, in every match? And is apparently just pushing the, the you know, apparently it's all just pushing the, the, the lines like certain positions need to do. I mean, people don't tamper with the ball that I'm aware of. Um, I guess there could be match fixing like there could be in any mat in, in any sport. Um, I think that's, is that slightly tougher in rugby? Uh, um, with the way that it's running. So in, in terms of that, I'm not sure there's, there's, um, a whole lot. It's probably more around leadership, I guess, and it's about, I don't know, accepting, um, you know, humility maybe. Um, because if there's anything that's come out of this, I think it's not just the, you know, guys don't cheat um, and don't be absolutely dumb enough to do it in front of 30 cameras, um, you absolute morons. Um, but it's probably that if you've built yourselves up into people that think are a bunch of dicks, then they're, you know, you're going to get very, very short shrift, um, which I've seen. Um, and you probably need to think about that across, you know, not just the players, uh, not just the senior players, but it probably gets into the other, you know, leadership groups as well, like coaches and things like that. So if you think about it from that perspective, there's probably a bit of risk going on at the moment because, you know, I'm not sure some of the people in our senior positions have necessarily made themselves uh, the world's, <laughs> well, the world's talk, favorite. Spit it out, spit it out, Matt. Who are you talking about? <laughs> Well, look, you've got to say, and I've probably stuck up from him from this front probably a little bit. Um, you know, I guess, yeah, Michael Checker. I mean, they like on the pantheon of comedy villains at the moment in, in rugby coaches, it's probably him and Eddie. Um, except that, you know, Czechs has come out well and truly on the wrong side of it. So look, I, can't, I don't, I don't know what a cheating scandal looks like in rugby. Maybe I'm being really thick here, but, um, 
I don't know. I, I guess similarly, though, I don't think necessarily, you know, Czech would get a whole lot of sympathy if, if he went down in flames on one. Well, that's that's right. I think you're right. There's no such thing as, I mean, it really doesn't happen in rugby, and, and there are big differences between rugby and cricket. I mean, look, Lee, you know, the, the Darren Lehman, David Warner, you know, play the game, aggressive attitude doesn't wash in cricket like it does in rugby, because in rugby, mm. you know, you can. It's actually a good way to play the game, and, and if a team doesn't like it, then they can be equally aggressive back, and they can belch you back, and that's that's the be- the beauty of the game. And and so, you know, Michael Checker's aggressive approach is is slightly more acceptable, but I, I think the lesson, you know, is probably, you know, you're right. The only lesson I think is about Michael Checker and about actually taking a step back and and, and seeing a, a national side, doesn't matter what sport it is, as a representation of everyone in that country and the values and uh, values are important and the way you carry yourself off the field uh, is important. It's, um, you know, uh, there's so much more to it than just what what goes on um, in the field of play. And I think of Michael Checker and the way he, in particular, my pet peeve, the way he, he complains about referees or, or you know, um, has a go at referees and abuses referees from time to time. Um, well, you know, that doesn't wash with the values that I think we pride ourselves on in, in the game here. And that's something that I can see there being a bit of a, bit of a, a, a schism on and, 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 you know, I think it's it's it's, it's interesting uh, that think to think about you know the jersey uh, like much like the baggy green, the wallaby jersey is something that that represents that represents so much more, and there's actually you know a lot of values that we've got to think about, and 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 the results are kind of secondary compared to how we want our teams to to play on the field, and I think I think that's probably the lesson that's come out of the cricket uh, scandal. Nick, would you agree? Yeah, absolutely, mate. It's like, it's, I think the reason why so many people have got so upset about the, about the whole, uh, the result, the things that have been going on with the cricket is because it seems so, um, counter to all the values that the baggy green stands for. And I do definitely agree with Matt about, about, like, I don't know if there's any real way that you can cheat compared, like, in rugby. I find it kind of, interesting as well that it's the the timing couldn't have been more different because i think rugby australia recently launched a new um community focus campaign which talk like goes complete goes in another way the whole part of part of more campaign which is kind of like putting an emphasis on community rugby and community um like like making it all about the community and kind of bringing back that whole mentality about uh, that rugby is a game for everyone, um, which kind of is the direction, you know, considering the last 12 months that rugby in this country has been through um, is a really is a really positive step in the right direction. So it seems, you know, if with while lots of people have been kind of questioning, you know, it's, it's been a week where a lot of sporting fans have not only just been questioning the actions of the players on the cricket team, but just kind of questioning the culture of Australia, of 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 the baggy green and cricket in general. And I think, you know, seeing something like, uh, like the, uh, like the, the um, part of more campaign kind of puts a statement out there for rugby, especially that, that, that rugby's culture at least is all about that mentality of respecting the Jersey, respecting your, respecting the players on your team and respecting, you know, the, the opposition of course as well and not cheating. Yeah, well, I, I think you're dead right, Nick. And the, and the part of more campaign, it's worth elaborating on. Anyone out there 
go and I suppose we'll put the link up on the on the on the website. We'll um, but go and just Google um, rugby part of more, and it'll it'll direct you to a um, and it's more with one O, not more with two O's. It's not about Stephen Moore. Um, it's, um, it's his comeback Matt campaign yes um, um, it just goes through every one of his injuries over the years the, which part of more are we talking about um, no um, yeah it, it's it's a fascinating campaign and it's one that talks about um, you know the threads of rugby country rugby sevens rugby women's rugby um, all the way from the juniors to the wallabies it's fantastic it's really well done and I've got to say I'm, I'm normally can be pretty cynical about this stuff but um I um I was yeah really blown away by it, Matt. You, you're a guy that sort of used to, you know, used to work in that corporate space before you sold your soul and went to um a, a major publisher. Um, uh, what what did you think about about the campaign? Yeah, look, I, I um I started watching it and I kind of went, yeah, okay, you know, bit of schmaltz, but actually it got me. I've got to say, um, I think, however, Adam Fry did it with his handy cam because I'm not sure. How much other, how much more budget uh, Rugby Australia's got at the moment? I don't know how they've managed to scrape it together, but um, yeah, I, look, I I, uh, I thought it was, I thought it was pretty good at capturing that, and 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 whether you think it was brilliant, and you know, unfortunately these days everything has to be a three-word slogan, right? So stop the boats, part of more, you know, whatever it has to be. But um, I, uh, whatever, whatever you think of that, I think you've got to say it's an. It, it's an interesting signal, right? I mean, if there was anything that sort of marked probably rugby last year, it was the schism that well and truly had formed between sort of the top of the pyramid and everybody else. So, you know, whether that was between, you know, the ARU and, you know, super rugby teams, where by the end they'd managed to piss just about everyone off, especially Perth, or whether it was, you know, the AIU and, you know, the Sydney clubs, um, uh, you know, and that, and that had gone completely wrong. So, and, and, and whether it was the fact that, I don't know for how many years it's been that we've only ever seen, you know, pictures of Wallabies or super rugby players in rugby ads. Um, and then, you know, cause it was all about the top of the, the pyramid and now we're not, you know, we're, we're seeing people in clubs. Uh, it's, you know, God forbid we're seeing women playing rugby, um, you know, all sorts of things like that. You know, when I say God, I meant that sarcastically as in, you know, we hadn't seen a whole lot of that in, in the past in some of the advertising. So it, it, I think there's, a, there's quite a big message there and I thought it was done quite well. Um, so, yeah, it's a, it's an interesting tact. And I don't know, at the moment, for somebody, my role in this podcast is usually to be, to be cynical, right? And um, it's somehow, it's got, it's got past those barriers. It's got past the, the cynical barriers for me. Yeah, and and that's I'm sure what what the hour you were really intending, and 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 you're right. It's, but they've, they've, the focus group was one. Well, well, that's right. But it's it's funny. It's an art with those sort of ads, though, isn't it, Matt? Because you can you can um, you've got to walk a tightrope between getting your message across and sort of being too schmaltzy. I I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a way to be uh, to <laughs> overdo it and overreg it with those sort of things, and to play the emotional aspect and make this sport seem like it's it's so important in life, you know. And there's there's yeah. a way of doing it to to make it seem. I don't know. I feel like they've walked that middle ground really nicely and made it meaningful without overdoing it and making it sort of something that's a sappy, drippy sort of mess. So I suppose um, kudos, kudos to the to the people behind it, and um, and yeah, hope hopefully we can see it get shared a little bit more widely because I think it's it's a really nice piece of work and and certainly encourage everyone to get out and listen to it. But look, 
we'll move on to the actual rugby and the things that happened on the weekend. We only had the Reds and Rebels in action. Rebels, a big win over the Sharks on Friday night um, by 40-odd points. And then the Reds going down to the Stormers, which brings us to question two, which is, you know, should we be disappointed with the Reds' loss? They they loomed up. They were down 18-0, came back to 18-14 and had a bit of momentum, but um, dropped back to, to 25-14, uh, with two minutes to go, and and um, the the man whose name I continually struggle with, I think it's Felipe Dalgunu, um, broke away and scored one of the tries of the season, one of the solo efforts of the season, um, an end-to-end mm. try, and then putting the Reds in a position to steal the game where they had a driving more five metres out um, and unfortunately couldn't convert. Um, Matt, you're obviously a, a keen observer of Queensland rugby, um, and yeah. I'm sure you were up at the wee hours watching this watching this match. Um, I was with with all of your family. What 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 was your thoughts? <laughs> well, it was through bleary eyes. Uh, I was watching it there at two in the morning. Um, look, I couldn't believe that the Reds. Oh no! When I say this, only because of you know how much territory and possession that the Stormers had. Um, and, and and actually, when you go back and look at the stats that I've seen, that I don't think it tells the story of the game very well, but. You know, my memory of the game was just the Reds spending huge amounts of time defending deep in their half, um, you know, for a long time through the first half. And you just kind of, it, it felt like it was going to be one of those matches that got away with you and you, and, and got away from you. And I think in the past, this would have ended up being like 45-5 or something stupid like that. But the Reds just did not give up. Their, their, their defense, um, in all parts was, I thought, just, um, heroic and, I do not know. I, I still can't really figure out how they were really still in touch that late in the game. And to be just five metres out from R- Rugby Reg coming back on the podcast um, <laughs> again this weekend, I thought was, yeah. was, 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 pretty, was pretty amazing. Um, there were some great performances in there. Um, I thought uh, Isaac Rodder had a, had a great game at, in, in the second row. That line-out steal he took uh, um, and then trundle on, which kind of set up another guy who's absolutely on fire and I want to say that uh, I only know that I believe that um, Timu is eligible only because Rugby Reg said it last time is that true or was he was he fantasizing over it that, that Timu that Timu is potentially is, is eligible um, potentially to play for Australia because um, you know he, he, he might be it might be in the wider channels, but he's a big bopper and he's wow he's, he's, he's playing brilliantly well and that little try he scored off um, uh, yeah, the number, the Reds number 10, whose name is, uh, John O'Lance, um, was just amazing. Um, and John O'Lance, massive hits. Like, he was probably lucky he didn't go off at one stage, um, with what looked almost like a bit of a shoulder charge. But, um, yeah, some, look, just great performances across the park. I agree with you with the Dalguna uh, try, and just there's no substitute for speed, right? Just being able to have somebody with the pure wheels, um, you know, could do that. Yeah, it, it was sensational that try, and 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 to answer your question, Caleb Tibu is is eligible. He went to uh, Nudgy, uh, to, to St Joseph's Nudgy, um, mm. and he's New Zealand born, but um, but Australian eligible. But um, what what um, I was impressed with with that Reds performance was you know, after the week that they'd had. Remember they they didn't get the direct flight; they went via London. 
and and so came in later or behind schedule and obviously, you know, endured a pretty horrific travel toll. Um, and to still come back in that last, you know, be there in, in the last 10 minutes um, against the Stormers, who are a pretty good South African side, um, uh, was, was pretty laudable. And I've got to say, Nick, um, I, I don't know what your, your thoughts are on this, but, I mean, the, the impressive performance for me was that young pack. Isaac Rodder, Adam Korchik... Um, and yeah, um, Korchik had a good Marthy, one. The, the, the hooker, and, um, and obviously Tong and Thor. But Nicky's looking at a few weeks on the sidelines. Do you, do you, but do you think that the Reds forward pack, um, you know, is capable of standing up to these big sides? I do. I do think they, they have, like, they've, they've shown in, in previous matches or previous, previous rounds. I thought, like, kind of echoing what Matt said that, you know, it, you know, the Reds, I agree when I still feel the Reds had to do a lot of, of defense and worked a lot, which kind of meant that, you know, the set piece really kind of uh, struggled, like, because they were doing so much defense, kind of really struggled to generate enough pressure and create scoring opportunities, particularly in the first half. But, you know, that, considering they came back from an 18, somewhat 18 point deficit after half time, um, you know, I think really shows a testament to how how hard, like how well they were playing. I kind of think that, you know, as much as, you know, it's disappointing to, to um, that they lost, I think it'll be a case of, you know, short-term pain, long-term gain for the Reds for this one. Because, I mean, even Brad Thorne, after post-match, said he couldn't fault the effort of the players. And, you know, they're going into the bye this week, and he said, you know, this is a good moment for the team to reflect on where they were in round one, where they got thumped by the Rebels, and where they are now, you know, coming off, uh, you know, getting their first three-match winning streak since 2014, um, really, you know, winning, you know, really knuckling down and winning a lot of games at the death, um, and just having the right sort of team culture. And even and considering you know the 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 week like you mentioned the week that they've had to come out and put in a performance like that is you know I thought was really really impressive. Yeah, I think you're right, and I think to get back to the question, they sh- I don't think it is disappointing. Though obviously a loss in any sort of stripe is disappointing in one sense, but I think they showed a lot in that in that game, and and um, yeah. To take a point away from a good South African side to come away with five points from a from a road trip, I think that's pretty good, and they'll and they'll come back. I think pretty um, uh, enriched for the experience, which which moves us to question three. Um, and question three is: What would be an acceptable number of wins against Kiwi Super Rugby sides this year? Um, so, Matt, I'll give you a I'll I'll give you a guide. Let's just say over under. I'm going to change the question now, actually. Let's go over-under. A prediction. <laughs> a prediction. Will Australian teams win over or under three and a half games against Kiwi opposition? Well, so, can like, uh, how many games we got? Oh, look, do we, like... Matt, I against Kiwi re- opposition? Do research, mate. Come on. Who do you think I am? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we've got... I don't well, know. Last time got... we started talking, shooting from the hip like this, we got plenty of responses. In the... oh, we got 35. <laughs> I don't know. Who cares? Move on. Let's go. Over under three and a half. We've <laughs> certainly got more mate, than three. I can tell you that much. Let's go. <laughs> like, my expectations have been set so low. I bet, I'll just be... I'll be so delirious if we've won one uh, yeah. as, as, as a move on. I mean, that's quite seriously. I'll just like... I'm just so... Shuddering at the fact that we could go two seasons without a win, um, and 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 you, you, I'm looking at the teams going, who's it going to be? 
um, you know, who out of who out of those Aussie teams could possibly do it? Um, I'm kind of wondering at the moment. I mean, tell me I'm wrong. I mean, what have you seen of the performances, either of us, our teams, or of the Kiwi teams, that makes you think there should be anything different this season, which doesn't make you think, well, anything north of one is a win? <laughs> well, look, last season was a bit of an outlier. I mean, you look at what's happened in previous seasons where the Australian Conference has been equally shithouse and the New Zealand Conference has been equally great. And we still win, you know, a, a, a handful of games. Um, you know, the Rebels beat the Crusaders. The Force beat the Crusaders. The Waratahs two years ago put about 45 points on the Chiefs. I mean, it, it does happen. It just <laughs> seems like last year we just had a... Yeah, just uh, it all went to, went to pieces. Uh, and actually, the team that got closest was the Reds, who should have beat the Blues in Fiji. But um, was it Samoa? I can't remember. Either way, um, look, I think we'll, we'll, we'll bag a few wins. At a certain, I mean, all four Australian teams look to be vastly improved on what, what they were last year. I've got to say, I mean, talk, can we talk about the Rebels for a second? Nick, I, I mean, last week I, I was on the show and I said I think the Waratahs uh, would win the Australian Conference. I'm officially going to... Um, change my prediction. I think the Rebels are going to win. I, I wasn't a believer until last week, uh, until the game on Friday night. I thought they might be a bit of a flash in the pan. It might have all started to fall away after they had a loss, but um, geez, that was a really impressive performance to put a pretty good Shark side um, away like they did um, and just to, to stick with it and, and score some really great tries in the second half. I think, um, I think geez, that was, that was a real stamping their authority on the conference and now they've got, they've Come out to a big lead. They're on top of the the Super Rugby ladder in general. I mean, it's 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 um it's super impressive stuff. And you've got to think, Nick, that they'll they'll be winning a few Kiwi Derby games, wouldn't you? I certainly think they'll be challenging them a bit. Like I think maybe for the Rebels, that that second half against the Waratahs probably was um, a kick in the teeth, like that they needed to stop being complacent. Um, I. And, you know, it's, it is a good sign for the Rebels that... Because I think the Sharks have been pretty average this year. Um, you know, the only time that they've really been... You know, I think they've only got the one in this year so far, and that was against the Sunwolves, um, and who is everyone who's being beaten by everyone at the moment. Um, so what is encouraging me to me, though, is that they're taking... Like, it, when you're coming up against, like, the slightly weaker teams in the competition... They're putting him away and getting decent wins out of it. I think the Rebels are probably, like, they're looking likely to beat uh, a New Zealand team this year. Kind of going back to the, the 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 overall question, at the start of this week, I kind of was like, I'll take, like, even one win would be great. But kind of the more I've thought about it and the more I've been looking at the results themselves, I honestly think that, you know, like, I was comparing all the Aussie teams with, you know, like, the Blues. And, like, all of the Aussie teams are higher up on the ladder than the Blues at the moment. Um, you know, I think that all of the, like, like three wins three wins is good, but I think maybe more, like, going, why not try and aim high? Why not push it? Because the, there are teams that look like they can they can do this. Um, I think the Rebels are in with a shot. The Waratahs, if they play like they did in, uh, against the Rebels, and the Reds, with kind of their gritty approach to the game, uh, should be all in with a shot. I reckon, you know, if all teams can at least bag one win against the Kiwis, then that would be a much better return to form um, for all of the play- all the teams. So well, there you go. The only- 
gonna... I was going to say, look, the, the, the only reason that the, you know, any of these Rebels or anybody's higher on the log than the Kiwi teams is we haven't bloody played them. Um, mm. You know, it's, and, and we're, we're, we're looking like absolutely, look, I think there's a, at the moment, I think the Rebels, because they, they have had a dream run. I mean, this opening is just amazing, and they've made the most of it. I'll, I'll give them that, except for the absolute capitulation against the Tars, which surely has got to worry you, um, you know, in, in terms of, you know, isn't against exactly the most, the most frightening Waratah forward pack you've ever seen, um, and then and then that's what kind of happened to them. Um, doesn't make me feel like, you know, this Rebels team is the one that's going to, you know, go away and get the goods and all these main wins have been coming at home, right? So um, I know they, they kind of got up over the Sunwolves in Japan. Um, but, look, I've, I've got to say, look, it's, it's, in a way, it kind of shows how the keeping us in our cocoon and our bubble a little bit more is quite good. And it's worked well this season that we've had all these intra-conference games to start and kind of makes us feel good and gets the whole thing going and everyone's sharing the wins around. Um, but I've seen very little yet to make me feel like that we aren't going to get ripped another one uh, when we start playing the Kiwi teams. Probably the team that I feel at the moment has got a best shot is probably the Reds, simply because what they showed on tour, um, managing to get that win and almost... I mean, that the, the, what they did against the Stormers, I mean, and the, you know, the, the, the Stormers' defence in that first quarter was ferocious um also helped that the referee seemed to let them hang about a meter offside um on the game line the whole time but you know and, and the reds managed to weather that um it rattled them a bit they went like you said Hugh, they went 18 points down but then came back um my worry about the rebels was that as good as that score line looked my god the sharks were leaving some holes um and the mm. rebels were the rebels were running through them at will in the first 20 minutes yet couldn't really put a try away. Remember, in the first half, their two tries came off rolling malls. They didn't come off, um, the, you know, the, the big holes that are running through the middle of the field, which, again, just kind of worried me a bit. Like, when you have those opportunities, you've got to be able to put them away. So, look, I'm going to be that, what is it, um, negative Nelly or whatever. It, I can't remember what we were coming up with last year. Negative Jonah. Um, yeah, negative Jonah. I'm going to pull the negative Jonah on this one. I'm, <laughs> see it to believe it. Uh, okay, us. so Nick's, so Nick's got us going uh, with at least ten wins. Matt's on zero. I think I'll, I'll be somewhere in between. <laughs> I think if if the if the mark's three point five, I'm going slightly under. I think it'll probably be about three, but um, still, I think we've got a little bit of a mental block after last year, um, and it will be interesting to see. Um, I believe we might actually have our first Kiwi Derby game this weekend. Can you believe it? Um, with the Rebels taking on, I think it's the Hurricanes, but let me double-check that as I get my... No, that's it. Up that's the right. Phone. There you go. Who yeah. says we don't do our research on this show? Anyway, <laughs> moving on. Um, speaking of speaking of research and and, um, and doing the journalistic things, Nick, you caught up with Simon Cron this week, which brings us to question four. Who is Simon Cron and where did he come from? And I'll throw to an interview that we recorded earlier, you recorded earlier, Nick, uh, right now, and maybe you can um, fill us in at, uh, afterwards. So let's let's throw that interview now. So what made you really kind of get into rugby? Where does the kind of story of rugby start for you personally? Uh, well, I suppose like most kids, I, I, I started quite early. I started about the age of five. Um and uh, playing against a few 
my, my older two brothers were in the same team, so I think it was under 12s. So uh, I probably learnt the hard way. Um, <laughs> 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 I learned good tackle tech. I don't think I did much else. Um, <laughs> so so started, started quite young. Um, but also my, uh, my, my family uh, were quite... Like Dad was an All Black, uh, yeah. and, and uh, all three of my uncles were heavily involved in rugby in the early days. So um, it was probably a, you know a natural progression to, to slip in, and, and, and I just loved the game. Mm, yeah, that's that's fair. So because then you because because you, you you played most of your games in New Zealand, and then you came over to Australia to be a coach. Was that right, isn't it? Yeah, well, actually, funny enough, I came to Australia because my wife wanted to get away from rugby. <laughs> so, uh, yes, yeah, so she'd had enough, um, you know, and, and, and I suppose partners do. You, you, I, I, was, I was a bit crook. I had, I had um, a bit of craft tea for a few years and, and I just kept playing rugby. And, um, you know, they were lining me up uh, when I was finishing to coach or mm. maybe play one, one more year, but I was 30. So I wasn't, I was not a young buck by the end of it. And, mm. uh, you know, so um, she decided the only way that she was going to stop this was by moving us to Australia. Mm. So she said, uh, this was 2006, she mm. said, uh, we're going to live in Manly for a year. And I was like, okay. So I kind of, I kind of accepted the fact that I'm, we moved over. And uh, it probably took two or three years before all of a sudden you just end up back in it. Yeah, yeah. So. It's, it's, it's addictive. You can't help it. I mean, it's it's, it's just such yeah. a fun game to play. Like, well, it, well, it's funny. I landed and my phone rang, and I was in Australia, and there was an Australian rugby team asking if I was interested in playing. Yeah. So, uh, and uh, at the time, my wife looked at me was like angry. So my girlfriend at the time, and I went down and helped him out a little bit with some some coaching instead for a little while. Um, but then, uh, yeah, yeah, I had to. I had to start a whole new life, so I sort of stayed out of it for a year or two. Mm, yeah. So you started at Northern Suburbs, wasn't it? Was it? And yeah, then, yeah, yeah, yeah. Northern to, Suburbs. Mm, yeah, and then you went to East for a bit. Um, That's right. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. I kind of like, because it's, it's, been, it's, it's been like such a couple of hectic years for you as a coach, because you were at Northern Suburbs and won the Shoot Shield, and then you were, like, did you were, did the NRC for with the Rays for, like, the same year, and then you did the Aussie under-20s and now the Tars. You know, what What would you say would be the the most important thing to you as a rugby coach? Uh, the most important thing to, to me as a rugby coach is that my players get better at rugby. Mm. That, that, you know, I'm a, I'm a big one for it. The, the whole point of being a coach is to make better rugby players. Mm. Um, and, and now there's a whole... That, that's all-encompassing, meaning that's not just... For them to be better rugby players, you've got to understand, you've got to, to know the player, uh, you've got to have an understanding of their life, um, you've got to be really focused on the areas or be able to pick up the areas that they're not so good at, and then you've got to be able to coach the areas to, to improve them. So for me, like you mentioned, that year, that year and a half, 18 months was absolutely insane. Because mm. um, I went from one program to the other program to the other program, and for each program, you've got a new bunch of players with... Uh, different uh, skill sets, or, or, or need help, and, and, and you know, and you kind of start to see some of the things you saw maybe from from the team you coached, you know, two years ago, and then you start to implement the changes again. Um, but for me, the most important thing is to help those boys uh, become better rugby players, yeah. and in doing so, 
you know, you, you, you get to know them pretty well. Mm, yeah, well, I, I remember because I, I met you once, but only briefly when I was because I was covering one of the NRC games back a few years, and I met you and, ah. and Hux, and it was the day that you guys you pummeled Canberra. Yeah. At, oh at, yes, yeah, yeah. Park, but yeah. like it, I kind of got that you like because you were going, yeah, they, they should still work on this and they should still work on this, and it was like it, it, it's like the job's never done because you always want to. That's improve. right. Mm. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and I think I think that the biggest mistake we make in sport is if you accept mediocre. Mm. So, you know, one of the things that I push with, with our boys all the time, no matter what team I'm in, is if you win and you win poorly, there's always stuff. Like I, I don't like winning poorly. Like I look at it and go, these are the opportunities that we, for us to to being the best we could possibly be. Mm. Here's five key things we should have done better. Um, and then it's about us going, okay, let's fix those this week, you know, and, and always wanting to be the best you've ever been. Um, so it's a non-stop kind of approach, and, and you're right, I remember that game, mm. and, and uh, I also remember we had a winger put his left foot out and touch in the far corner, that should have been a try, so mm. we blew that. Uh, so just little things that, you know, so you, as a player group and, a, and as a coaching staff, you constantly looking to improve. So sometimes even when you win, you've actually got more clips than when you lose, you know? Mm. So it's, my, my message there was that we were all about, I suppose you would have heard it that day, about the process, you know, Kat, rather than the outcome, you know? Did, did we do our things well? Yeah. Did we do everything well? Mm, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So kind of moving on to the task, because you came into the coaching lineup after last after last year's season, so you came in for this year. And, you know... It's fair to say that last year was a pretty tough year for the squad all up. What were kind of yes. what were the big things that you really wanted to change for this year, particularly with you know with Chris and and Daryl, um, like as a coaching team? What were your big goals? Um, I, I, I think you know Gibbo and, and Chris had some real clear um, areas that they felt didn't work well last year, um, and, and the first thing that they decided to do was to meet with the entire player group, all the Wallabies included, and probably lay a lot of that on the line, meaning get the players to to get rid of 2017 um, by going through a process of identifying where things went wrong as a, as a player group and as a coaching staff. And then from that, it gave them the building blocks to go, right, this is, this is the areas we went wrong, let's fix these things and start building on them. Um, and, and then for me coming in from the outside, you know, I probably was able to give them a little bit of an outside perspective on some of the things that I looked at and thought of the Waratahs or thought of them. Um, and 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 I didn't didn't hold many punches, so, you know. <laughs> uh, uh, and, and they were really good about it. So they were like, you know, some of the players agreed, and, and I think as a, as a group we were able to then start from ground zero and start um, adding building blocks onto the areas that we weren't good at last year mm. and start to build on those. Now, that's a work in progress, always. Yeah. Uh, you, never, you never stop. Uh, we're, we're far, we are far from our finished product. Mm. But, but where we are as a group, um, you know, there's a great bunch of boys here uh, and they are wanting to learn. Mm. They want to get better. Every time they run the field, they want to get better. So, so that's a good start. Yeah, that's right. Like, it, it, I mean, 
it has been a, a crazy start to the year. It was like, you know, pretty turbulent, but there's a lot of encouraging signs like like winning like winning against the Stormers using that on that last play like never giving up but I was really impressed with that second half performance against the Rebels it like it looked like you guys really really like you turned a corner what's kind of yeah. now you've had like a, a, um, a week off what's the vibe now in the squad after the buy-in uh, after that match the vibe in the squad is um, next job get better mm. Because, you know, like, like I mentioned before, if you accept mediocre, yeah. uh, you know, and, and we were mediocre against the Rebels for a large percentage of that game, and as a result of that, the boys were not happy with some of the things that happened. And then all of a sudden, we start building pressure, uh, and, you know, and playing the ruck, and, and, and we started to, to be able to, you know, create opportunities for ourselves. Mm. So the, the attitude uh, this week has definitely been we need to get we need to get better again and again and again every day every training needs to be better than the one we had before. So that's probably the attitude I see from the boys. And then the key thing is that we live that we don't just talk about it. Yeah, awesome. Um, kind of what was your focus like on the Ford Pack? Because you mentioned like you really wanted them to improve at the breakdown. Um, is it just like yep. a competitive thing or what? Like, are you, like yeah, what was the kind of the big focus um, for the forwards? Uh, look, um, from the forwards, from my perspective. Um, you know, there's a number of areas from from last year that the boys felt they weren't they weren't great at, or they weren't clear and precise on on their roles. So for me, the number one thing is to give them some clarity around what their job is in each each situation, whether it be a line over scrum or a breakdown, mm. and then to repeat those skills as much as we can in, that, in the training sessions that we get to make them really efficient and good at them, um, so that when they're in the game, they it, it becomes second nature. They don't, they don't have to think about it. And, and it's as, as much as just, um, you know, there's some, some things around the breakdown where we're trying to, I've been working on them being more accurate on their clean out technique, um, so that we don't waste players on their ball carry technique, so that in contact we can get quicker ruck speed. You know, just, there's little things in our forward pack that will help them be better players. And then, you know, as a group, we've got to want to, Beat them more than they want to beat us, mm. yeah, and that's it. And that's a mentality, you know. We've, we've got to want to go at it, and yeah. I think um, these boys are starting to show that they want to go at it. Like you said, that that eighty third minute in the Stormers, that's what that's 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 not a surprise. That's an expectation. Mm. We shouldn't stop. Yeah, it's kind of like a like a starting or like it's a starting point because I think the thing yeah. that I've always boys been like the. And I think it was not just to the to the Waratahs, but to every Super Rugby squad last year. It was not it wasn't just like it felt like there was a bit of a confidence problem as well for for the players on the field too. That they you know that they had the skills, but often it, they didn't they didn't have the self belief. Um, yeah. Do you think? Do you think? Like, you, I mean, obviously, it's been you've you've, get, you've grabbed some wins and stuff like that. Are you happy with the progress so far this season as a starting block to going on with it? Only call it the start. Yeah. So, um, you know, I, I, it's funny, I, I work from training to training. So mm. I, I go, right, my most important thing today was the training I just walked off on. And that's, that's, am I happy with that one? We were okay. You know, so, <laughs> so, um, I, I think we've just started and you don't win a season from the start. You mm. can lose one. Mm. So, um, I think we've started, we've put some, 
some key um, fundamentals in place, but now we need we need to get better at those. We need to keep getting better at those um, for us to be, you know, to win the competition, which is what we're here to do. Mm, absolutely. Um, so this weekend you're coming up against the Brumbies. Um, yep. Kind of like the real real grudge match, and they've got a priest. Um, you know, they're known for having a really good forward pack. But hey, the Reds proved that you can you can uh, you can knock you can take that out of the game. Um, what's your main focus and goals for the team this weekend to, to make sure you knock them over? Because you haven't beaten them for a little while. Yeah, look, our stuff's about us. Yeah. It has to be. It has to be. We, we've got to do what we do well. Mm. Um, so, you know, and, and the Reds, like you mentioned, they, they, they did what they do well. For us, uh, the Brumbies are a great side. They're, they're well coached. Um, they've got some really experienced players. So what we've got to focus on at the training this week and then into the game is what we do. And we've got to do what we do well. So, um, you know, and there's a lot of technical tactical stuff. I can spill into around that, which I won't because it'll bore you. But, um, you know, we, we've got to um, play the type of rugby we want to play. Mm. And then we, we've got to, um, you know, attack the type of rugby they want to play. Mm. That's, that's, that's the basics. And, and, and forwards are a huge part of that because obviously you've got your set piece and, and, and different things and, and they are a, a really good side and they're always a, a looking forward to the game. Mm, absolutely. I'll, uh, I'll see, uh, hopefully I'll be, come along to a Tars game soon and I'll see you there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd love to be good, mate. Come up and say hello and, uh, uh, you know, I'm always an exciting human pre-game. I'm much better post. <laughs> <laughs> All, right. All right, mate. All right, cheers, mate. Thanks cheers. for your time. See you, mate. No worries, mate. Bye. Bye. Was a that was an interesting catch up and and seemed like a um an interesting bloke someone. Corey certainly had a, a, a rapid rise as you mentioned through the coaching ranks and now it seems like he's almost the next in line for that for for a super kick. Would you say? Oh yeah, absolutely. I think well, he's I, what I really love about Simon is his um, mentality and I mean I like I mentioned in the interview because I actually met him when he was coaching the Rays in the NRC and. You know, this was a game when they played against the Vikings, and I think he's won like fifty-eight to ten. It was like it was a pretty convincing demolition. But like he said, I still pick holes in this. In the, I, I'm, he was still picking holes and and seeing where the team could improve. And that's the kind of the mentality that you need to go with when when approaching, you know, teams in like in Super Rugby. You really need to go okay. If anything, the wins should there should be more notes and there should be more things highlighted. Um, I think you know having him at the Waratahs is going to do a lot of good, um, particular and you know he even he admitted admitted himself that you know that it's really a case of particularly with the Ford Pack there was a lot of work to do at the end of last year um, after, because last year was not a good year for the for the for the Tars and. He, he, you know, kind of went into that going, you know, this is what we're going to try and focus on. And, you know, despite it's been a turbulent, despite it being a pretty turbulent start to the season, you know, it looks like that there's some honest progress being made. So I think, you know, having him in that position is a really good thing. Yeah, well, he, he certainly has a, has an interesting backstory, doesn't he? And and certainly, you look at him and Daryl Gibson, that Kiwi influence coming through, um, through that that Waratahs side. Certainly, will be interesting to see how they go because he, he looks in these early days like they've they've turned it around. But they've got a big game this weekend, which brings us to question five, which is how do we see the weekend's games unfolding? 
Um, I think that was the question. I've lost my sheet, but look, let's we'll roll with it anyway. Let's go. Um, we've got the Rebels Hurricanes on Saturday night. We've got the Brumbies Waratahs. Sorry, the Rebels Hurricanes on Friday night. The, the Brumbies Waratahs on Saturday night. Reds with the bye. Um, there's a whole lot of um, other games going on, of which I'd say that my pick's probably the um, the Chiefs Highlanders on the Friday night. So that'll be a cracker to get your weekend off to a start. Um, but let's focus on Rebels Hurricanes, Matt. You've stamped your colours firmly to the mast and you're tipping, I imagine, the Hurricanes by a big sum? Yeah, look, I haven't seen any of the Hurricanes uh, this year at all. I've just been Once keeping again, away from that. the keep. show that does the hard research and gets you the facts. <laughs> well, mate, you, you, you don't want to watch that. It's just it's too frightening uh, to see what's going to come our way. So, But I'm just assuming that's the same. Actually, I'm telling a lie. I've seen, I've seen a bits and pieces of the Hurricanes and um, you see the Barretts doing the crazy stuff that they've that they've been doing uh for the last few years and i just think they've got that hard edge um it's going to be tough is this this is the real test for the rebels right flat, are they trap flat track bullies or not i i you know if i had to bet my money i'd be going with the hurricanes oh yeah, of course and the hurricanes are at, um coming into melbourne which will be really interesting to see how they perform um away from home they've had three wins one loss uh this season so far and, you know, you've got to say they're probably one of the four New Zealand teams, of, of which if you can differentiate from them all being highly um, successful units. Nick, do you have any faith in the Melbourne Rebels? And uh, do you think their confidence might be enough to get them over the line here? I think the Rebels will be competitive, certainly. Um, but, you know, like, and I do think they have potentials to beat some key, um, some of the Kiwi teams. The Hurricanes, I don't think will be they they are on the same level yet by any by any standard. You know, the Hurricanes have only really had had one slip up this year so far, which was um, I think it was against oh who was it? It was it was in it was in round one, oh, round two against the Bulls. Um, but since then they've you know they smashed the Jaguars at home, and oh sorry away from home in Argentina, um, they knocked over the champions the Crusaders. And then they they followed that up by beating what was what was at the time the only unbeaten team in the competition, which was the um, the Highlanders. So, I mean, I hope the Rebels will be competitive and put up a good fight. But I, you know, when you've got the likes of Bowden Barrett and Geordie Barrett running around in your team, I think Hurricanes are going to take it. Yeah, you'd, you'd be probably a bit silly to tip against the Hurricanes, but look, I think this would be a sensational game. I'm really looking forward to it. You've got um, a full um, Rebels roster, Dane Hallett, Petty, and Jordan Ulacia coming back, um, and you've got them riding high against the Hurricanes side. I mean, this is this is a, another test for them, and I, I, I think you know we'll, we'll find a lot uh, out about the Rebels after that game, and and. Uh, I'm tipping the Hurricanes, but I think it's going to be a really good one. And um, a long weekend, Friday night, jeez, it's going to be absolutely sensational. Um, Saturday night, even better, if you're a fan of the Brumbies or Waratahs, is the Brumbies-Waratahs game happening in GIO Stadium in Canberra. The Waratahs have had a bit of a lean run, as you mentioned, Nick, in that interview against, against the Brumbies. We haven't won for a while, um, especially in Canberra. So do you have any faith, uh, Nick, that, it, that that's going to change this year? Well, I support the Brumbies, so I'll be back in the Brumbies for this match, um, personally. Just be, uh, Nick, that, level, just going... that level of, of rank partisanship, it just has no players on this podcast. You know, <laughs> I, I just can't believe that. 
I'm, I'm out right. <laughs> well, no, it's it, this is the match uh, in fairness, and I, it, it's the match in Super Rugby that I just love. I love this game, um, and just history behind it, the rivalry. It's it's a cracker. Um, kind of going just on the history of it, though. Traditionally, the like the home team usually wins, and. Even though, like, if the Waratahs click up and, like, bring the same gear that they brought when they beat the Rebels uh, in Sydney, they'll probably run all over this Brumbies team in Canberra. Um, that being said, I think, you know, the Brumbies have a lot of big changes coming back. They've got Sam Carter, their captain, who's coming back. David Poker is coming back, which will add a huge amount of X factor to their, to their, um, to their forward pack. And as mentioned by, you know, Simon Cron, they are a well, a well coached team. They're a well organized team. And as seen in their match against the Sharks, their, their fly half, the New Zealand fly half, he really has got a, a serious boot on him. Um, you know, he kicked a, a couple of penalties from, you know, from halfway. So if any, if the Tars make any mistakes, suddenly, you know, you can have three or four penalties. There'll be three or four penalties behind. Um, so I think for this one, I'm going to go with the Brumbies just for home ground advantage, but I think this is going to be a, a really great match. And, you know, I reckon the Tars will really, really bring it. Um, I think it's going to be a really close one. Matt, your tip? Uh, if by great match you mean like a classic Aussie derby um, arm wrestle, I think I can probably go with you. Um, I would imagine the Brumbies, having not shown a whole lot of attacking flair, will be going back to the Bernie Larkham attack playbook, which will be uh, David Pocock off the back of, of driving malls. Um, and then it'll be re- really whether the Waratahs can keep their composure and, and attacking composure. Um, so... Uh, if I had to bet money, I might even go for the Brumbies, just so that I think they can choke this one enough um, at home in Canberra. Um, go on then, that's what I'll go with. Yeah, I think you've got it right there too, I agree. I, th- I think the that Waratahs, I mean, we, we've been harping on it, but that really light forward pack that they play, I mean, they've just got to play it fast and loose and wide, and if the Brumbies can, can slow that down enough, then... You know, get David Pocock over some of those uh, those ruck balls to slow it down. You know, starve them of quick ball, and then you know, strangle them by putting the ball into the corner and 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 working that set piece. I, I think the Brumbies might win this one and win it in fairly ugly fashion, but still, a win's a win. And in the Australian Conference, uh, they are very valuable indeed. So that brings us to the end of the podcast. Thank you both for your time, gentlemen, and I look forward to catching up with you next week as we digest another round of Super Rugby. Eels off the top. Larkham. Herbert smashes through the middle. Regan. Drop goal from Larkham. Up it goes. Could you believe it? Larkham has to be a de Beer.